Hey, Sasha. Hey, Courtney. What do you call two average alligators wearing vests? I don't know. What do you call them? A paranormal investigators. (laughs) (laughs) It's spoop hour. on a scale of one to ten how much worse did that get every time i told you it god like the 11. limit does not the exist limit. every time you told me that joke it somehow got funnier and worse at the same time that's the way all my jokes go good uh that's sasha this is courtney welcome back to spoop hour a hour-long <laughs> program as our title would suggest where we discuss the spoop, spoop and the crep and other paranormal or whimsical or kind of weird things that are going on or have been going on we live in a magical crazy world and a crazy time i didn't want i don't want to call it a magical time no but But we live during a crazy time so that's that that counts for something that counts for something yeah (laughs) so we are again spoop hour you can find us on instagram and twitter at spoop hour and And then you can get in contact with us spoophour at gmail.com yes these are all true things has anything spooky happened to you since we last spoke uh i make it sound like we just like sit in silence Silence. the rest of the time which is true we deeply hate each other (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) um spooky things um no really just like coincidence stuff this week not anything too spooky that's like jumping out at me I feel like hey. I would have, like, texted you immediately if I was like, <laughs> <"Ugh."> <laughs> something um, was happening. I had something spooky happen to me last night. Tell I me was about it. alone in our apartment, which mm. is fine. And I was recovering from my second migraine of the week. So I was pretty worn out. And I finally dragged my sorry butt up the stairs to go to bed. Mm. And I closed my door. And because often when I'm alone in this house overnight, I lock my door, too. I lock my door. And I brush my teeth and I climb into bed. And right as I climb into bed, my cat fucking flips out. So Zelda was, no joke, sprinting back and forth from next to my bed into my bathroom, hopped into the tub, would peek out over me at the tub, and then sprint back. And she did it for like 10 minutes. And I was like, I can't. I can't handle this right now, girl. Because my sleepy post-migraine creepy brain was like, hey, girl, I bet there's somebody weird in this house. And that's why she's freaking out. It's because she's upset because Zelda. there's somebody here. And I was like, I can't deal with this Zelda, right now. why are you making your mom's life miserable? It was very um, unsettling. <laughs> no, I just thought about the one spooky thing that oh, happened yeah. this week. And it was actually us. when we, it was us. <laughs> it was when the day that we uploaded the last episode. Yes. Courtney texts me first thing in the morning was like, please listen to this timestamp <laughs> in the episode. It was like 38 minutes or something. It, it was thir- 31 minutes and 38 seconds. That's what it was. That. And... I, I always listen to the episodes she after I release them. them. I edit well, them, and, and then I listen, listen to them again, again just yeah. to make sure that, like, the sound quality is normal and to make sure, like, to kind of remind myself of the shit we talk about so that I don't talk about it again. And that was when I heard at 31, 38, this weird 
sound. It was just, it sounded to me like a deep man's voice going, um. Yeah, it, it's this weird, it sounds like there's a third person, and yeah. it sounds like not a feminine voice. And yeah. so we were like, ah. Yeah, and I was like, please tell me I'm not being crazy. I've listened to it like 17 times. It right. sounds like a dude's voice, and I don't think it was there when I edited the episode. Yeah, so it was weird. Yeah, and that, then that I, was, I made our other creepy. roommate listen to yeah. it, because I pulled up the yeah. audio file, and I'm like, I need to see if it was in the file or if it's just in the upload. Yeah. And our other roommate was like, it just sounds like you saying, um. And oh. I was like, no, I don't think so. I, I It didn't, my, the, I was looking for it, like, on my computer yeah. at school, like, right before school started. And, like, I heard it, too, that, that, the weird noise. Yeah. And it, I, my neck did the, the tingly yeah. thing. So I was like, that doesn't feel like Courtney. Yeah, it felt like somebody dropped a stone in my stomach. Yeah, it was, it was a very like, weird thing. Because I, I could have sworn that we were both already talking. Right. Like, I was responding to something you said. And there was, and like, then, a third sound. Yeah. So it could also just be, like, you know, when we were editing, just, like, an audito- like audio maybe. glitch. Like or, like, a- maybe I just very deeply said the word, um, because I have a low voice. Or one of us, like, farted and it picked up in a weird way. <laughs> well, when I fart, it does sound like men saying, um, so. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, this podcast might be haunted. It's fine. It's okay. It's okay. So, sorry if we spooked you out. We're genuinely, like, I don't know what happened. Right. But it was spooky, and that's fine. Yeah. Yay! Yay! So, today we are going to be talking about uh, haunted manors. Yeah. Haunted places, haunted locales. Haunted mansions, haunted palaces, Mm -hmm. haunted haunted things, you know, all that good stuff. But before we get into that... We have a story, and we're very glad to have a story. We've had... We've actually had an uptick in submissions lately, so we thank have. you to everyone who submitted, and we're going to get those on the air um, we actually, in the next couple of weeks. Because we have more than one now, we actually, we can't do all of them right now, so we're going to yeah. space them out over the next it's few so episodes. Nice. So um, thanks, if you guys. Have, if you have spooky content, or yes. like a story either from yourself, or something that you've heard, or blah blah blah, um, please email that uh, spoophour at gmail.com. Um, even if you give us just like a vague outline yeah. of the things that happened. Give us two sentences. One time I was standing in my room and it looked like there was somebody in the corner. Then I went to the corner and there was no one there. Perfect. 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 Sold. I'm in. Oh, Julia has a story like that. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> now that I think about it. I was excited and my brain was like, are you excited, Courtney? I'm going to write are down you? to ask Julia. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. So today's story <laughs> comes from Marcus of Popcorn Prattle, which is one of our friend podcasts. Last week we did their promo. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and give them a listen. And when he emailed me his story, I knew that Sasha wanted to read it. And so I was trying very hard not to read it myself, but also I wanted to respond being like, thank you so much. This is great. This is perfect. But I wanted to keep it fresh so that I, I wouldn't know mm-hmm. what was happening. Well, this I'm one I think sick. you're going to have a little bit of personal connection to, just Ooh. based on the location. But then this is also, his story takes place in a place that you and I have talked about in another episode, where we would like to go in, like, on vacation. Ooh. And, like, did he find Momo the fart monster? No, he did not, but oh. still just as exciting. That's almost as good. <laughs> All right, so here is Marcus from Popcorn Prattle's story. Thanks, Marcus. 
When I was three years old, I was living in San Diego, California. Okay. My dad was in the Navy. Hey! So sorry. was yours. My dad yeah. was in the Navy, too. So my mom and I would go on a variety of day tri- different day trips. Yep. My family is always about the paranormal because they're a good family. <laughs> Amazing. That's quality family stuff. Well done, Marcus. So, of course, she wanted to take a trip to the... Queen Mary. Hey, yeah. Haunted boats. Haunted boats. Go we back, a- listen to Holy Ship Get Wrecked if you want to know more about the the Queen Mary. Yeah. Other Holy than Ship. Holy Ship. <laughs> Get wrecked. All right. To the Queen Mary, a cruise liner that everyone believes to be haunted. I was very young at the time, so the concept of it being haunted went right over my head. Yeah, be taking your three-year-old on a haunted ship is maybe not your best parenting decision, but I mean, you do you. Well, and yeah, I mean, I feel like it's just wasted on yeah. a small child, right? Well, it's like, yeah. I went to Alcatraz when I was like four because yeah. we were living near San Francisco at the time, so we did like a day trip out to Because your dad was in the Navy. Because my dad was in the Navy, and we did <laughs> day like trips Marcus. with my mom. Yeah, just like Marcus. And it did creep me out, but I didn't fully understand. Like, I thought it was still a functioning prison and that the people who had escaped from it had escaped recently, and they had like the dummies with the human hair that they collected no. so that they could put the people in So... I was unsettled, even though I didn't fully understand, so. Mm. Sorry, Marcus. I know this feeling. (laughs) (laughs) I was more interested in the fact that we were on a huge ship. Hey! My mom, who has a talent for mischief, decided to break away from the group and explore a sectioned-off part of the ship. No! We were deep in the bowels of the ship, and it was at that time that I realized we had lost the group. Oh, no. I urged my mom to find the group, but she was more interested in seeing more of the ship. We managed to find our way up the up to the passenger cabins when we began to hear children laughing and no! doors opening and doors opening and closing behind us. I'm My so mom upset. and I kept turning around but would see no one. I think it was at this time that she started to get a little nervous and was adamant about finding a way back. <laughs> We walked down a hallway when we encountered an old woman dressed like one of the tour guides. Oh no. My mom asked the woman if she knew how to get back to the main deck. She didn't respond, but beckoned us to come closer. No, I don't like this. <laughs> we followed her, but the woman never stopped to speak to us. Oh, no. We thought we caught up with her when we reached the corner she went down, but all we saw were steel steps leading up to a door. Oh, my God. Seeing no other option, my mom and I went up the steps, and when we went through, we were right behind the tour group. I oh, didn't quite understand it when I was younger, but as I got older, my mom and I talked about the story again. She explained to me that there was no way the old woman would have just vanished like that. We, oh. we surely would have seen her when we exited. Oh. And there was no clear explanation for the kids we heard in the sectioned off area of the ship. Oh, We've had a few paranormal experiences, my mom especially, so accepting this as a true paranormal experience was not hard to swallow. Marcus, Marcus, wrote, oh my god. Hope you enjoyed my story. Yes. Yes. I enjoyed <laughs> it, enjoyed but it. also I hate it because <laughs> I'm very upset now. <laughs> um, I honestly cannot go, wait, cannot wait to go to the Queen Mary. I know, like, I'm, for like, sure oh I God. have to do this now. Like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be in San Diego in March. Right. So we're just going to have to fly you out too. And then we're going to have to hold hands and go through the Queen Mary <laughs> so that when we both start crying, at least we're together. <laughs> So, I don't like that children were laughing. I don't like yeah, ghosts that do that. I don't I don't like the laughing children. I thing. don't like That's that. Not... I could handle the vanishing old lady. Like I don't love it, but I could deal with it. But I don't like children laughing. I don't like living children. Honestly, when I first read this story, I imagined the old lady looking like um Nana Blossom from Riverdale <laughs> with like the white hair and the one streak of red. In my head, she was when Sophie gets turned into the old woman in House oh, Moving Castle, no. but like in like a bellhop uniform. <laughs> 
so I was more okay with it. Oh my but God. I don't like I don't like children laughing. No, I just I don't, I don't love it. Small children. Ugh. I mean, I don't like it when teenagers laugh, but they're usually laughing at me because I did something <laughs> stupid or hilarious. Or hilarious. Stop! That's the thing I'm sensitive about. <laughs> hey, that tall white guy's got feminine <laughs> hips. Um, um, Marcus, that was incredible. Thank you so much, everyone else. Listen to Popcorn Prattle. Yes, because that was amazing. They are. You can find them wherever you find your, your podcast. Podcasts. Yeah, they just. They shoot the shit about movies, They're which who doesn't love very that? Very great. Those are some of my favorite podcasts, is yeah. the ones that shoot shit about movies. Marcus, please tell us more about all of your paranormal experiences. I know. Because <laughs> that one, again, I loved it, but also I hated it. <laughs> so I'm fine. It's fine. I'm glad I'm not going to be alone tonight. Right. I loved it, and I loved it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> First, I loved it, and, and then, then I loved it. it. <laughs> But I also had more time with the story. Yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. read this. I, I think if I had this. read it, I would be more emotionally prepared because I'm still kind of wrung out from my two migraines this week. So I'm like, and I've been alone most of this day. And oh my God, I was not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm glad I, I preserved that experience though. That was No, that was, that was good, right? Yeah. yeah. That was, oh yeah. my God. I, I haven't read any of the other submissions we've had yet. Yeah. So I, I read the other ones. So we've got, yeah. yeah. We've got good ones. Yeah. The next ones that we'll do the ones we'll do on next week's episode i'll read those okay um, because i read through them and they are some of them are literally my nightmare so that's that's fine good that's fine good all right that's good i'm excited Um, to hear them so on the on the note of just general spoopery let's move on shall we (laughs) never speak of this again send us your stories send us your stories (laughs) so that you can ruin my life and make me cry when I sleep and at night. And make me laugh. Or you could also ruin my life. I'm probably going to be up tonight, like, thinking about <laughs> the Queen Mary. Whereas, like, hopefully by the time I go to bed, I'm just going to be like, la la la. <laughs> if my cat <laughs> just, behaves. Just like that. Just la, like, la, la. I usually sing, that's my going to bed song. All right. Okay, so I have a featured creature. Featured creature. Featured creature. Who is on theme for today's episode of Haunted Manners and Spoopy Ooh. Household Nonsense. So this is a thing that haunts things. Yep. Places, maybe. Yep. Okay. So, as always, I will be assuming the role. Of the featured creature. All right, I'm ready. Look out, England. I'm already in your house. Oh, God. (laughs) Causing mischief and stealing your stuff. I have two iterations. One that is exclusively in households and one that's out in bogs and marshes. That one's a dick, though, and much more malevolent since it kidnaps children. So we're going to talk about the household one because that one's not as horrible. I don't like the other one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're not going to talk about that one. Same name, completely different creature. Okay. Once I'm in your house... I cause milk to sour and dogs to go lame, but that's not the worst of it. I also crawl into people's beds at night and put my cold, clammy hands on their faces. Ah. Sometimes I'll even strip the sheets off the bed while they sleep. Oh, God. (laughs) That'd be really uncomfortable. I mean, maybe that's overheating. Maybe this. this... Oh, I'm just imagining him like pulling off my like fitted sheet. Oh, like like, like dragging me off the bed. Just like wrapping you in it. No, I assume it's like, oh, you look sweaty. Oh, well, taking I'm, off the cover sheet. Jokes on him. I'm always sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> you sure showed him. I have like a whole farm of like mushrooms going <laughs> on my back. Sasha is actually Baba Yaga. It's fine. <laughs> so in some areas, I'm the result of mistreating helpful household sprites. So if huh. you treat me poorly, my resentment turns me into the thing that I am now. Okay. In other places, it is said that you should not give me a name because once I have a name, I will not be reasoned with and will become uncontrollable and destructive. So don't be like, oh, hey, Bill. Don't do that. Hmm. Just don't do it. It's a trap. Hmm. There was a particularly famous one of me in Lancashire in 1861. 
I plagued an elderly couple even after they buried me at a bend in the road under an ash tree with a cockerel with a stake driven through it, which is a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. And that wasn't enough to stop me. Huh. Rumor is that even if you move, I will follow you to your new place. Oh, no. So don't oh, no. don't try and break your lease. It's not going to work. In the night, I would slam doors, laugh loudly, and leap about with candles to plague the old couple. The couple even said that I unhitched their horse and overturned their cart more than once. If you don't want me setting up shop in your house, you should hang a horseshoe on your door and leave a pile of salt outside your bedroom. Sounds like a good move. And this is going to be the part where I'm pretty sure you're going to get it. Uh Uh-huh. I have shown up in pop culture a few times, most recognizably in Harry Potter, where I am a shapeshifter who takes on the form of the worst fear of those who look at me. Ah. What am I? You're a bogart. I am! Okay, because I was, at the beginning, I was like, this is just like another poltergeist. Yeah, I know, kind of. But, okay, a bogart. A bogart. Very cool. And there's dick bogarts, and those are the ones who live in the marshes who like kidnap and eat children so i was like not touching that but yeah the household one it's if you don't treat your household spirits right it's gonna be like fuck you i'm not helping Uh... you anymore the example they gave is you know the the what is it the cobbler's elves that fairy tale yeah 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 and the example they gave was like you know how like those fairies would come out and make the shoes for him and he'd use their slave labor and not give them their fair share of the profits but they were chill because he would, like, leave milk out for them right, or whatever. Right. Essentially, if you don't leave milk out for them, they'll turn into boggarts. Because mm. they're like, fuck you, I'm doing all this nice shit for you, and you don't appreciate it. Fascinating. Which is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Be nice to your household sprites. Interesting. Yeah. So those are boggarts. Boggarts. Great. haunt manners. Huh. Yeah. Cool. Love it. Don't I mean, name them. when, uh, what was it, in the fifth Harry Potter, um, Order of the, Fe- Order of the Phoenix, yes. um, when they're cleaning out... Sirius Black's family home. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Molly Weasley finds the bogart yeah. when she's cleaning and it keeps shape-shifting into her dead children. Hey! And so I'm like, ah! Yeah, that's... Gets me every time. Apparently that's not... There's another thing in, yeah. I think it's Celtic lore uh-huh. that does that. Okay. And... So there's variations on a theme. Yeah, but yeah. usually bogarts aren't associated with shape-shifting. Shape-shifting, There's okay. discussion about what they look like. Some contend that they just look like short, squat, hairy dudes uh-huh. who are Ugh. very smelly. I... <laughs> who then put their hands all over your face. Which clammy. Is cl- they're, they're clammy, clammy hands. hands. Their hands, which are literal clams. And others, it's just like, it's, it's more like... You know, a tall, shapeless dude, like mm. a spooky ghost guy. So mm. it, it really just depends. But yeah. I don't like either of those two things because I've read books and stuff with, you know, the tall, shapeless oh, guy yeah. and like you can't really identify yeah. him and that always freaks me out. Yeah. yeah. I like to think the boggart is just lonely and he just wants to spoon someone and he's not good at it, which is how his hand ends up on your face. Uh. he just wants to be be big spoon he doesn't doesn't know where to put his hands because sometimes it's awkward when you're big spoon and so he just i don't want to spoon with the bogger don't name him and put salt outside your door god god you and your mixed signals (laughs) all right let's talk about haunted places let's talk about haunted spoopy manners so when i pitched this to sasha it was because our other roommate mentioned an upcoming horror movie on this theme and i was like dibs 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 so i want to talk about the winchester mystery house and there is a horror movie coming out called winchester which we can talk about at the end but it seems like they took all the cool elements of the story and then we're like eh fuck it let's just make a ghost movie 
Which is a bummer. Like with cheap jump scares and stuff Yeah, like it, lo- it looks like that, yeah. Oh, no. I'm sorry. A little baby hiccup. Continue. Okay. So, the story begins on September 30th, 1862, when a young Sarah Party married William Winchester, son of the manufacturer of the Winchester Repeating Rifle. So, are you familiar at all with the Winchester Repeating I Rifle? Am. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Basically, if you aren't, it caused a lot of extra people to be killed during the Civil War, mm-hmm. because it was the first time that a gun could shoot that quickly. Yep. And so it revolutionized battle but also killed a lot of people. So, not great. But it made a lot of money for the Winchester family because a lot of people bought those rifles. So, Sarah and William had one child, a daughter who died at 6 weeks old because of a severe protein deficiency and form of malnutrition that caused her to waste away. Oh jeez. Yeah. So, Sarah apparently took the death of her daughter very very difficult. Like she took it hard. Right. And it is believed that this is when Sarah decided that the family was cursed. So in 1881, William died of tuberculosis, and this was within a year of his father dying, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because usually you would think more time would pass. Nope. Within a year of his father dying, William died of tuberculosis, and that was when the spoop started up proper. Uh. But first, Sarah inherited the Winchester fortune, which was $20 million at the time. Do you want to hazard a guess to how much that is in today's money? A lot, because I have to, uh, I'm teaching Gatsby, so we're, like, constantly doing the conversions Yeah, yeah, so this is 1881. Okay, $20 million in 1881. Is equivalent to about $500 million in today's money. Bitch was loaded. Bitch was loaded. She had an income of 23,000 modern dollars a day, and, because she was a part owner of the Winchester Company. Uh, But she Rich people. Rich people. But she was really sad, because, you know, her only daughter had died, her husband's now dead, So after her husband's death, she became more convinced that the family was cursed. And so she sought out the help of various spiritualists and psychics. Ultimately, she came across a psychic. I believe it was in Boston, but there were differing accounts of where on the East Coast it was. So she comes across this psychic to help her deal with her grief. And she's like, what do do I do? Right. And the psychic told her that her husband was there in the room with them. Uh. And according to the legend, the psychic told her, quote, he says for me to tell you that there is a curse on your family, which took the life of he and your child. It will soon take you too. It is a curse that has resulted from the terrible weapon created by the Winchester family. Thousands of persons have died because of it, and their spirits are now seeking vengeance. That makes sense. Yeah. It's reasonable. I mean, yeah. yeah. You, ki- you cause a bunch of people to be killed. Right. Obviously, the spirits are going to be pissed. They're, they're going to haunt the shit out of they're you. They're going to haunt the shit out of you. Yeah. Don't create weapons. It's fine. <laughs> so the medium told Sarah that in order to, like, escape these angry spirits seeking vengeance she had to sell all her property and move west until she recognized she would set up her new home so the psychic said that her husband's spirit would guide her to the new place so she would know when she gets to the place where she was supposed to build her house and again according to legend the medium said you must start a new life and build a home for yourself and for the spirits who have fallen from this terrible weapon Uh. you can never stop building the house If you continue building, you will live. Stop, and you will die. Huh. So Sarah went west. Yeah. Yeah. When when she hit San Jose, California in 1884, she knew she had found her new home. She just had a feeling. Right. She purchased an unfinished eight-bedroom farmhouse from, and I just included this because it made me laugh, John Hamm. John Hamm. John Hamm. John Hamm's but, John Hamm. John Hamm. <laughs> but he spelled his name with an H back then, so J-O-H-N. Okay. To the point, and 
my notes are in a Google Doc, and Google's like, you sure you don't mean J-O-N, John? It's got a little red <laughs> squiggly line under it. And I'm like, I know what I'm about, son. Anyway, so once she purchased this unfinished eight-bedroom farmhouse, she started building her monstrous masterpiece. Okay. So Sarah started living in the house uh, along with her sister and her niece, and then construction started up. Right. So depending on which record you look at, she hired either 22 or just 16 carpenters to continuously build onto the house. So 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right. 365 days a year for 38 years. Mm. Non-stop work on this house. Yeah. Which is fine. She decided that architects were for suckers, and she did all of the design work herself. The only bad thing is, she had no architecture experience. Right. She had no idea what the fuck she was doing. So, as a result of that, the house became a monstrosity in its own right. At its peak, it was seven stories tall, with random windows all over the place, stairs that led to nowhere, upside-down columns, secret passages, and sealed-off rooms scattered throughout. Kind of a nightmare. Kind of a nightmare. Kind of a nightmare. nightmare house. It's fine. I, I don't like that. Yeah. Well, it's gonna get worse. So. I know. Hold I, I on know, tight. I know it gets pumpkin. worse, but because I'm familiar with the Winchester house, but like I still don't like it. <laughs> I had heard of it, but I didn't realize the extent mm-hmm. to which it was a nightmare. Yeah. So it's gonna get worse. Stories say that each night Sarah would sleep in a different room so that the spirits chasing her couldn't find her. So she would move her bedroom to one of the many rooms in the house so that the spirits would go to the old bedroom and be like, oh shit, she's not here. Oh well, guess I'm gonna take my vengeance some other night. Uh. (laughs) And according to legend, Sarah was also fascinated by the number 13 and frequently worked it into the design. So there are 13 bathrooms, windows have 13 panes, chandeliers will have 13 candles, and so on and so forth. Right. The house also featured a floating brick foundation. Why do you care about that? Because a massive earthquake hit in 1906, and it's that floating brick foundation that they suspect is why the entire house didn't collapse. Ah. The front half of the house did, and Sarah was trapped in a bedroom for several hours. Good. Yep. During that time, and she reported after she was rescued, that the front of the house was to be boarded over and very little was to be repaired. Mm -hmm. So it's thought that, you know, during her time trapped, she thought the spirits were angry that she was spending too much time decorating and designing the front part of the house. And so the spirits caused the earthquake to punish her for not doing what she was told to do, which is you have to continuously build. She was like... I know i'll put up some fun sassy wallpaper in the front room it'll be so cute and so they collapsed part of her house so because they boarded up the front of the house there are so many rooms that can't be accessed and that don't lead anywhere and that are just incomplete because even though construction resumed they never fixed it so half of the house was still fucked up and it still is to this day. Good. Good. So after the earthquake Sarah stopped living in that house After they started rebuilding, the house would only become four stories tall, Mm -hmm. so it never reached its true glory of the seven-story tall house. Right. But it ended up with about one, well, I say about, you would think it would be something you could find out, but because literally all the time they're finding like, oh, there's a new room, it's, it's endless. So there are 160 rooms, 2,000 doors. 10,000 windows, many of which don't look out onto anything. They're windows in rooms that go into other windows. 47 stairways, 47 fireplaces, 13 bathrooms, and 6 kitchens. This house has everything. This house has everything. (laughs) It's the new hot club. 10,000 windows, 47 stairways. Jesus. Ghosts. 
So, from Smithsonian Magazine, and I'm just going to read directly uh-huh. from this article because it's really well written and also so- makes it sound like the nightmare house it is. Cabinets and doors open onto walls. Rooms are boxes within boxes. Small rooms are built within big rooms. Balconies and windows are inside rather than out. Chimneys stop floors short of the ceiling. Floors have skylights. A linen closet as big as an apartment sits next to a cupboard less than an inch deep. Doors open onto walls. One room has a normal-sized door next to a small, child-sized one. Another has a secret door identical to one on a corner closet. It could be opened from within the room, but not from without, and the closet drawer did not open at all. Details are designed to confuse. In one room, Winchester laid the parquetry in an unusual pattern. When the light hit the floor a particular way, the dark boards appeared light, and the light boards, dark. So it's like that optical illusion where it's like, what color are the squares? And they're all the same color. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. It's that, but on a floor. Floor. So, nightmares. Mm-hmm. Nightmares. Bullseye windows give an upside-down view of the world. The ballroom features two meticulously crafted Tiffany art glass windows. The windows have stained glass panels with lines from Shakespeare. But damn, they got some Tiffany glass windows yeah. in there? Damn, damn, damn. Yeah. One reads, so the lines from Shakespeare that are in these windows, these same thoughts people this little world. It's the from the prison soliloquy in Shakespeare's Richard II. Mm. Yeah. I read Richard II. I don't remember it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think you need to. I just like that no. it's from the prison soliloquy, so it's like, huh, she's I'm, like, I'm trapped. Yeah, trapped in yeah she's yeah. trapped in her endless house. So, from Atlas Obscura, not all 2,000 doors can be walked through. One leads to an eight-foot drop to a kitchen sink. Okay. So, don't you hate when you're at your friend's house and you're just, you're like, oh, you're I don't want to bother you. the bathroom and you're like, I got to pee. I don't want to bother you're anybody. you try the first door. And then you fall eight feet into the sink. Yeah. Yeah. Hate it. That's the worst. The, the absolute worst. It's and, the pits. And then you pee in the sink and it ruins the slumber party and your mom has to come pick you up early. Yep. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Another door leads to a 15-foot drop into the bushes in the garden below. So, a lot of drops in this house. A lot of drops. Like a roller coaster, but no coaster. Staircases lead straight to ceilings. Expensive Tiffany stained glass windows were installed in places where they would get no light. And So, what's the fucking point? I know! There is a cabinet that, when you open it, it extends through 30 rooms of the house. Uh-huh. Which is, like, some cabinet of Dr. Caligari shit. Yeah. Where you just, like, open it up and it's just like, keep walking, 30 rooms! I hate that. <laughs> So in 1922, Sarah died of heart failure, and the construction finally ceased. There are rumors that some of the spookier elements, like the chandeliers with the 13 candles, were added after her death to increase the mystery of the place by the proprietors. The bulk of the architecture is Sarah's original work, though. Okay. It's now a National Historic Landmark, and tours are regularly offered, including a candlelit tour in October, at which point I put four exclamation points because spoop hour vacation. Well, so they have the candlelit tour for in October for, yeah. like, Halloween whatever, yeah. but also on the Friday the 13th of any given year, yeah. they do flashlight tours. Yes! And they do the tolling of the bell 13 yeah! times I was gonna at get the into 13th that. hour yes. because that's our favorite number. Yep. Like, oh my god. Literally my next sentence. Every Friday the 13th, yes. the groundskeepers ring the large bell on the property because, of course, it has a large bell. Right. 13 times at 1,300 hours, it which looks is so cool. Cool, and this is actually, like, I don't know why I haven't been here yet. I know, I'm (laughs) like, I'm in Southern California all the time, how have I not gone? This isn't far from San Francisco at all, it's in San Jose, it's like one city down. Yeah. (laughs) As recently as in 2016, a new room was found. 
Christ. <laughs> so, there has been no construction on this place in 80 years, and they just found another new room. Cool. Cool. So, this room that they found was an attic that has a pump organ, a Victorian couch, a dress form, a sewing machine, and paintings in it. Fine. Wow. Yeah. And they hadn't found it. They had not found this room, because it's a nightmare place with so many doors that lead to nowhere, and there's, like, 4,000 doors. It's gonna take you forever to open them all and make sure that there's no, like, secret passageways in any of them. So, because all the things leading to nowhere weren't creepy enough, it's also haunted. Good. Yep. Visitors have heard footsteps in the bedroom, they've been overcome with icy chills, they've seen doorknobs turn themselves, and they have, most upsettingly, temporarily lost their vision. That's upsetting. Because when you're in the middle of the cabinet that goes through 30 rooms, what you really want is to be temporarily blind. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and just open up some doors that might drop you into the garden. It's whatevs. whatever. So Sarah Winchester has also been seen roaming the halls. Doors will slam, windows windows will shatter for no reason, and weird lights will just periodically just pop up, just boop, light. The boring non-spoof explanation for all of the craziness Mm -hmm. is that Sarah had no interest in the supernatural, never saw a medium to confirm the curse, and that building didn't actually occur nonstop, that she gave them frequent breaks and treated her employees well, and whatever. But she also had no design sense. Yes. So yeah, so she gave her carpenters, like, frequent breaks, she didn't actually make them work 24-7, and the leading theory of the non-spoof part is that she was a lonely widow who needed a hobby. Yeah. And she just, she just wasn't good at architecture. I will say, that's probably supported by this Google map, because <laughs> where it's marked, it says, Winchester Mystery House, quirky mansion with odd design details. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, all right, that's yeah, about it. I, I don't know that I would call it odd design details <laughs> when it sounds like 97% of the house is a nightmare monster. And then the longer description that Google gives is, sprawling landmark with yeah. a staircase leading nowhere and other odd features designed to confuse ghosts. Yeah, because it, it looks <laughs> like, like a citadel. It's like a whole yeah, fucking it's a town. It's interesting it's, house. It's massive. Like, Oh, you can do Google Street View to Yeah, if you, nice. if you go to the aerial view of it, you'll see mm. how big it is. Yeah. Like, here, let me see if I can pull it up real fast. Satellite up here, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's big. It's a fucking town. Like, look at it. Here's a picture of it from, I don't remember when. Oh, Some old time right thing. This oh, is really This neat. is before the earthquake happened. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, when it was it's still even, seven stories yeah. tall. Yeah, so it was, oh. it was Man, fucking huge. Yeah, and then, I mean, you build in San Jose, it's right on the yeah. San Andreas fault line. Right. You're gonna get it. Wow, earthquake. that is a very but large co- compound. It's huge. Yeah, you could live in oh. there and they could never find you. Is everything else around it, these parking lots, somehow attached? <laughs> Probably. Probably. Probably, because are... everybody's going to want to tour it now. Yeah. They are making the horror movie. they have movie. a bunch of hotels yeah. nearby. Yeah. Oh, there's an Urban Outfitters. Oh, good. There's a Maggiano's, and there's Ooh. a Chipotle and a Madewell. Okay. So we can get our Urban Outfitters outfits so that we can then tour the house, and then after we see all the ghosts and stuff, we can eat at Maggiano's, because yeah. I like I Italian I actually food. believe in ghosts more than I believe in Urban Outfitters. That's a good choice. Because they're run by shitty people. Shitty people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been into an Urban Outfitters. <laughs> or purchase anything from one, so I'm on board. So, the horror movie, I have seen the trailer for, and it genuinely just looks like any jump-out-and-scare-you-ghost movie. There's, like, men living in the house, too, which historically did not happen. It was just Sarah, her sister, and her niece, and she ended up building a house nearby for her sister-in-law and her brother-in-law. But, like... 
she didn't have just a weird little boy living in the house with her because she didn't have kids who survived. They Mm -hmm. only had the one who died very young. But apparently it's a major thing. Like, in the trailer, this little boy pops up, like, four times and his eyes go all white because he's clearly possessed. And it's like, you weren't there. And there's, like, a man peeking in and seeing the ghost hovering over Sarah and she's trying to protect her family and whatever. And it's like, yeah, okay, I get it. But, like... None of this is based on anything. Right. And the story is creepy enough that you didn't need to do that. Yeah. Just, like, tell a really straightforward story about a woman where, kind of, like, 10 Cloverfield Lane it, where it's like, I'm not sure if this woman's insane or she's right and there is a monster chasing her. Right. <laughs> this person's pointing right at the Street View thing. Hey, they're like, hey, hey is that Google? <laughs> but, yeah, you, you can go through Street View oh, of it. Cool. And it's huge. Yeah. It's like, I mean, 160 rooms. Right. You, but you can, like, they have this path around the garden, around the outside. So yeah. You just be walking through. Oh, look, through. there's a room. Oh, there's a room. But again, you gotta, I, I think if you go on a tour, you don't want to stray. I don't think you want to pull a Marcus's mom. <laughs> because I think if you do that, you're gonna end up fucking lost and or dropping into the garden. Yeah. The, when you were talking about all the different rooms that yeah. don't open anywhere, I was also thinking about the murder castle. Yeah. H.H. Holmes. Um, because parts of his, like, hotel were just, like, nonsensical or had, like, secret passageways so he could do his murder. Yeah. Spoiler alert, H.H. Holmes was a murderer. Yeah. There are rumors that he was Jack the Ripper. I don't know that I buy them, but, you know. Alright. But, yeah, like, I just, I'm disappointed that the horror movie is just going generic horror movie on it. I still probably won't see it because I'm a weenie. Yeah. But, like... That's okay. Yeah, like, it's... You have Helen Mirren and you have this cool story. Why you gotta ruin it with all of this cheap bullshittery? Right. So. Bummer. But Giant House. Giant House. We should go to. That is also haunted because it's not enough... And, like, probably more of it is haunted. But we don't fucking know because it's so huge. (laughs) I just had a remembrance... Memory? Memory? That's the one. A memory. A memory. I had a remembrance. When I did the ghost tour through Mark Twain's house, Yep. a woman partway through the tour suddenly doubled back down the stairs, and we were all like, Why? What? What's going on? And her husband or boyfriend or whoever she was with goes, Oh, she left her coat downstairs to see if somebody would move it see if, to see if there was a ghost. And she figured <laughs> she should just go grab her coat. And I was like, God damn it. Oh, my God. <laughs> just trying to encourage that spoopery. Right? So, yeah, that's that's, that's the, the Winchester, Winchester Mystery House. Cool. All right. So, my haunted locations. Yay. I'm going to first start with fake haunted locations. Boo. So, I'm looking at, like, the most haunted, or maybe not the most, but the best haunted houses in literature. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm on board. Yeah. I thought so you meant, are all, like, like, fake. No, no, no. Oh, you no, can no, no. see people pulling the strings no, no, on the No, no, no. I mean, I mean, like, mostly. haunted places that don't actually exist. I'm fine with okay? that. Because I got two categories of literary haunted houses. One are the ones that are, like, in books. Yep. And then there's other places that are haunted by, like, literary ghosts. Oh, like, <laughs> like all of the things Poe wrote about? Right. Gotcha. Or, you know, like, Poe himself. Yeah. Probably okay. haunted. So, the House of Usher. This is a list from Bustle. Thank you, Bustle. <laughs> um, the House of Usher in Poe's Fall of the House of Usher. And I assumed that I would be getting a lot of, like, Edgar Allan Poe in a lot of these lists. Yeah. Because um, I was looking at some other ones from, like, um, The Guardian and from Washington Post's book section. And, yeah. You know. Edgar Allan Poe. Like, every every single place ever. <laughs> everything he touched. Everything like he touched. In everything he wrote King. about, everything he created. Lion yeah. King, when they're looking, everything the light touches is yours. It's like, everything the light touches, you will make haunted. Right. So, if you haven't read The Fall of the House of Usher, the Usher family... Falls. Falls. Yeah. So, the Usher siblings are all dreary, sickly, and basically haunted, just like the 
house that they live in. Cool. And then when the sister dies, the brother decides to preserve her corpse for a fortnight. Love it. In one of the numerous vaults within the main walls of the building. Seems fine. But you're never supposed to bury a corpse in the walls of a ha- like any house ever well, because it becomes haunted yeah um, one it becomes haunted and two do you really want a decomposing body in your but, <laughs> the but walls also of your house? like part of this part of the book or the sorry part of the short story is that because like he buried her in the house the house ends up like destructing itself <laughs> um, and part oh, of it is it. also because like the family is dying like there's yeah. no continuation of it so literally the house also falls and it's like wow that's just wow, that's heavy-handed hashtag deep deep Thornfield Hall in Jane Eyre. Yeah! Ooh, yeah. Thornfield's creepy. Um, Mr. Rochester's mansion is full of long hallways, plenty of unused rooms, a troubled owner who's always leaving, and a terrible secret in the attic. When Jane Eyre arrives at Thornfield, she notices a very chill and vault-like air pervaded the stairs and gallery, suggesting cheerless ideas of space and solitaire. There's also a lot of weird ghosty laughter that floats mm-hmm. around after midnight. There's a... Another story, I'm trying to remember what it was called right now, but it's, like, the fan fiction of... Oh, it's Wide Sargasso Sea. Oh. And explaining the, the woman in the attic, and it's yeah. just like, Wah! Yeah, it's... It's, it's upsetting, because, like, upsetting. a couple of times, Jane almost sees her, yeah. so she'll see, like, a flash of white, because she's obviously in, like, a nightgown running mm. around being Victorian Cray, and it's just like, oh, I don't like this. There are weird sounds and laughter. Right. Just don't laugh, ghosts, please. Then there is also, and this is my favorite, because I teach this short story every year, the Ancestral Hall in the Yellow Wallpaper. Hey! And the Yellow Wallpaper is great. It is my favorite thing that I teach all year. It's so creepy. Um, And so this is a colonial mansion where the narrator's husband brings her for the summer, because he's a doctor and he knows what's you know what's good for her. He and she he's has her a nervous, husband and a doctor. And she has a nervous condition and she's gonna improve if she's put into solitary confinement in this really funky ass room. I wish you all could see the dance Sasha's during <laughs> as she describes this treatment plan. Um, it's so good. It's but, like old timey. But she can't stand this ridiculous yellow wallpaper, this infuriating yellow wallpaper in the room, and mm-hmm. she starts like losing her mind very slowly. But she's writing this you know like journal as as she like disintegrates and it's terrible it's just terrible <laughs> um, but she the the motif on the wallpaper has like strangled heads bulbous eyes waddling fungus growths it's not supposed to be this pretty thing but like the rest of the house and the property is very pretty in the descriptions and i'm like damn it's just this one and like there's like claw marks on the floor mm. and like parts of the wallpaper kind of peeled up and it's just like woo. Well, because ultimately she, spoilers, she ends up, like, on her knees just crawling around the room. Not just on her knees. She's, like, skittering. Like, she's described as being, like, like, like skittering around the room. Yeah, and, like, rubbing against the wallpaper like a dog. She crawls over her husband's body. It's upsetting. It's great. Um, (laughs) Then there's Manderley and Rebecca. (gasps) Oh, last night I dreamt I went to Manderley again. Oh. I love Rebecca. (laughs) I just started rereading it because I had a conversation with some friends at dinner about how great Rebecca is and I and like I had been reading another book and I was like I really just want to read Rebecca again and it's good yeah have you ever read it I haven't read it yet oh I know it's it's so good I'll let you borrow it okay so they say there's nothing less cheerful than moving into a mansion decorated by your husband's first wife who's dead (laughs) in Rebecca the first wife lived in the ornate west wing which is now creepily preserved exactly how she left it and smells like must and decay 
The new wife is forced to live in the East Wing and help, can't help seeing the first wife's fingerprints on everything. Yeah. Whoa. So I don't want to. I don't want to give away Rebecca. Yeah. It has some of the best like twists on twists on twists that you do not see coming. It's like, oh my god! But there is a reason for why the West Side is all well preserved. And if you notice, they refer to the new wife just as the new wife. It's because she never gets a name. Ah, it's a first person narrator and she never gets no one refers to her by her name but they almost always everybody's like Rebecca this Rebecca that Rebecca this Rebecca 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 but they never call call her by her name occasionally he'll call her like darling or the new wife or you know Mrs. you know whatever the fuck but they never say oh that's Sharon nope kind of like Curly's wife yeah (laughs) of mice and men yeah Hmm. It's, it's kind of like... Not and, naming your female character. Well, in this case, in it's this case, to serve a purpose. It's to serve a purpose, yeah, right? No, that's like, what I'm... Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this case, it's like, it's like Rebecca is the pinnacle, pinnacle and the feminine. Yeah. She's the peak wife. And you, we're not even going to bother to learn your fucking name. Because right. you're obviously a piece of garbage exactly. compared to Rebecca. Exactly. It's such a good book. Everyone should read it. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about you, Rebecca. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> you heard it here first. No one has ever read the book Rebecca except for me. All right, so we also have the castle of... <laughs> The Castle of Otranto, the castle in the Castle of Otranto by Horace Walpole. This castle is just a pure gothic monstrosity. Love just it. Great. Peace it's ancient, castle. it's creaking, it's a castle full of inexplicable incident, uh, accidents and secret passages and portraits of the talk. You know, all the good stuff that you'd want in your gothic horror setting. Honest to God, if you live in a gothic castle... I'm going to assume yeah. it's haunted unless right. you tell me otherwise. Yeah. And this is, like, the Castle of Otranto is the first gothic novel. Oh. So it's like, this is the thing to hold up all other gothic literature or yeah. gothic art or whatever is, like, this. If it, if it feels like the Castle of Otranto, then it's probably gothic. <laughs> We've um, got to do an episode on Victorian horror. Right. Uh, then we have House of Leaves. Have you heard of House of Leaves? I have not. It is this book... By Mark Z. Danielewski. Oh, I do. Um, I do know this you, book. You know this book? Yeah. I, seeing his name. Yeah. So, I'll tell you why in a second. Um, House of Leaves, a few summers ago, this one time at band camp <laughs> that I was working as an adult uh, while I was on staff, we have a away retreat in West Virginia, so we pack up the kids and we drive west and up a mountain. And they, in the staff cabin, they had all these bookshelves and whatever, and we found a copy of House of Leaves kind of, like, deep in one of the bookshelves, and my friend Tyler, who is with us, was like, oh, House of Leaves, I've been wanting to read this, so he stole it from <laughs> summer camp. 100% there was a ghost in that book that is right. now haunting your friend so, Tyler. Um, so they were saying that the house in House of Leaves is uh, another one of these, like, haunted you know, best haunted places. Mm-hmm. This country house looks lovely from the outside until its inhabitants discover that the inside dimensions are three-fourths of an inch longer than the outside of the d- dimensions. This like tiny that. discrepancy quickly expands in horrific ways, literally as the house starts growing and rearranging its rooms all on its own. Hallways open up where no hallway used to be. Cavernous rooms filled with darkness appear out of nowhere, and the inhabitants, as you might expect, start to go a little crazy. So yeah, it's, I already don't like this. It's and I like know a that, literary Winchester mystery house. Yeah. Um. <laughs> when I, I flipped through it, when Tyler like grabbed it off the bookshelf, and yeah. I was like, Ugh. don't love this. <laughs> I don't love this. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know why I've heard why of that have, book? Yeah. Why? What was yours? Are you familiar with the singer Poe, who sings a song, "Not a Virgin"? Hey, pretty. No. no. Okay. Well, I was super into this singer in college, and mm-hmm. the music video for Hey Pretty, which is just your, your standard, like, flirtatious, I want to yeah. fuck you song, 
the music video is like her being all muddy in a car and whatever. And then periodically there's a male voice reading excerpts from House of Leaves oh. because that guy is actually Poe's brother. So oh. the guy who wrote House of Leaves, Daniel Z or Mark Z. Danielowski, yeah. is Poe's brother. Oh, interesting. So she, like one of the versions of Hey Pretty features excerpts from his book. Cool, but also terrifying. Also horrifying. Wow. Siblings supporting siblings in the worst way. <laughs> All right, other places that are haunted. Bluebeard's Chateau in Bluebeard. Murder 18,000 um, people, it's going to get haunted. Right, houses aren't always haunted by something supernatural. Sometimes they're haunted by murder. Murder. In this folktale, the new wife discovers that her husband's digs are spotless and well-decorated except for one little room that holds a lot of blood. Yep. Great. Yep. Um, the Hill House <laughs> in Haunting of Hill House. In Shirley Jackson's famous novel, the house itself is a bad seed. It's got a history of inhabitants dying violently Ooh. and enough supernatural weirdness to scare the most stoic of skeptics. When four characters decide to spend some time in the house to figure out its secrets, the house begins to possess one of them, and by the end of the book, no. she refuses to leave, insisting that it's now her home. As <sighs> the least stoic of skeptics, I am uncomfortable. Yeah, but good job. <laughs> I love Shirley Jackson. She's really good at making you feel really icky. Yeah. The Lottery. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. like, why do I know her name? Yep, The Lottery. Yeah, that, that is a story that makes me feel the worst kind of getting stoned. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey! This is Sorry. a drug-free podcast. The- <laughs> <laughs> um, then there's the Eel Marsh House in The Woman in Black, which did become a movie did. with Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe. Radcliffe. This is one particular ghost haunting the Eel Marsh House, the Woman in Black, hey! um, whose presence always precedes the death of a child. As the novella progresses, we learn that during her lifetime, the Woman in Black watched from one of Eel Marsh's house windows while her young son was killed in a car at carriage accident yeah. was a car accident <laughs> it's I mean, basically yeah um right outside and this is actually i'm not big into horror but this is a book i would read i think um, i can handle victorian horror yeah. books so i can i can recommend you some if you yeah. want to book club it Ooh, the house in the shunned house by hp lovecraft a man and his uncle decide to spend the night in a creepy house whose inhabitants have died there in alarmingly great numbers. Cool. Cool. Love they're, it. They're pretty sure that the house's nasty history has something to do with the dampness and fungus growths in the cellar, the general sickish smell, the drafts of the hallways, or the quality of the well and pump water. So you but may some- want to get your mushroom mattress looked at. Right. <laughs> but sometimes <laughs> during the night, uncle begins rambling in French. When the faces of those who've already died in the house begin to play across the uncle's blackening and decaying features, the narrator realizes that something a lot worse than mold in the cellar is going on. (laughs) It takes his uncle literally rotting in front of him. To be like, "Mm, maybe this isn't good. Something weird's happening. Something weird is happening. And then we have the house from the House of Seven Gables. Are there seven gables? (laughs) And there's seven gables. Are all seven haunted? What is a gable? A gable, I think... Is it like a hill? It's the triangular portion of a wall between... So this is the roof. Yeah. And this is like the wall. Yeah. The gable is the triangle part. Oh, like the triangle part. part. Okay, to make the wall connected to the roof. To make the wall connected to the roof, Oh, okay, I understand Um, now. So that's what a gable is. Okay. Um, I always assumed it was something nature-y, but I never read Anne of mm -hmm. Green Gables. I just assumed that she was connected to nature. That's right. I never read Anne of Green Gables. You should. I have no soul. Ancient curses are often the reason behind a particular house's bad history. The House of Seven Gables was built on a stolen land. Cool. A rich man had his eye on the land, and the poor owner wouldn't sell, so the rich man accused the poor owner of witchcraft and had God ring. damn wow, it! Wow! Just Every like... Every fucking time! Wow, just like in real life. Just like literally trial. all the fucking time. All those witches who got burned. The poor man's last words were, God will give him blood to drink, and soon oh, enough... shit! <laughs> That's so metal! <laughs> 
Soon enough, the new owner was found dead in his chair with blood all over his beard. Fuck! Cool! Yeah. Love it! <laughs> Those are gonna be my last words. Right, Because cool. I die in a hospital bed. <laughs> God will give you blood to drink. <laughs> Alright, and then I just want to share with you a couple of haunted literary places. So these are other, like, creepy literary places that are not necessarily in stories, but have some connection to literature. Cool. So we've got Bering Point Cemetery in Salem, Massachusetts, for obvious reasons. Why? (laughs) Well, first off, it's the oldest cemetery in Salem and the second oldest known in the United States. Oh. Like, I guess, Western cemetery. Yeah. And then many interesting historical figures associated with the Salem witch trials are buried here, including John, uh, Justice John Hawthorne, the great-great-grandfather of writer Nathaniel Hawthorne. Nathaniel Hawthorne added a W to his last name to separate himself from his ancestor. Oh, yeah. For, I remember for good about reason. That. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, wasn't he, like, a witch hunter or some bullshit? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Then there's Haworth in West Yorkshire, England. The village of Haworth in West Yorkshire is also known as Bronte Country, home to the par- uh, parsonage where the Bronte sisters lived and wrote their internationally adored work. And so that's another kind of spooky... But most of it is, like, it's just spooky because it's old. Yeah. <laughs> Not spooky because it's spooky. When but also, around, a lot of the Bronte sister. I mean, Jane yeah. Eyre especially is very spooky. Yeah. So, like, you can Wuthering imagine Heights it's... isn't unspooky. Right. All, yeah. Yeah. And they're they're all buried there. at oh, the Hawthor- in the walls? The Haworth, <laughs> no, at the Haworth um, Parish Church. Oh. Um, which is where Patrick Bronte preached and, yeah, all the sisters oh. are buried there so that's a also a literary place to check out i love literary cemeteries like i've been to poe's thing in baltimore Mm. and i've been dying to go find fitzgerald dying also (laughs) yes Um, (laughs) to find fitzgerald who's also buried in maryland so that would be something i would go look at i'll Um, sit in the car and wait for you cool Oh, I've also seen where Shakespeare is buried in the floor. Oh. In the church at, oh. in Stratford-upon-Avon. I've, I've been to his boyhood home. Yeah. In Stratford-upon-Avon. Yeah. The, the whole thing's cool. Yeah. I fucking love Stratford. <laughs> it's really cute. I really fucking it's love It's really that place. cute. All right, Sylvia Plath's grave, which is also in England. Love it. Um, this is at St. Thomas's Churchyard, in, also in West Yorkshire. Haunted ass um, town, I guess. She committed suicide in 1963 mm-hmm. by gassing herself at home in London. She was actually the poet that we focused on in in IB English up until this year and whenever anything weird happened like a door like the door opened ever so slightly or like like a the the blinds started shaking or something even like when the window isn't open um whenever anything happened we were like oh that's just Sylvia (laughs) Sylvia poor Sylvia that's so Sylvia but many you know people blame Ted Hughes as the and his adultery as the cause of death so like she's probably just like haunting off the shit out of his dick but a lot of people will come around and like chisel the name hughes like off of her grave every once in a while where i'm like i get it i'm Um, not against it (laughs) yeah edgar Allan poe's baltimore home in baltimore maryland um it's now a museum but there is a legend that says most of the people buried in the cemetery that's like with near the house yeah are not dead in their spirits now long just linger to get cool. revenge to, cool, cool, cool. to those who buried them alive love it cool awesome very po-like i'm very, very happy yeah um <laughs> The Hotel Monteleon in Fr- the French Quarter of New Orleans is a historic hotel, and it's been designated as an official literary landmark, and boasts visits by writers such as 
that dick Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> uh, Tennessee, that guy. Tennessee Williams, William Faulkner, Faulkner, Anne Rice, Truman Capote, and John Grisham. But it's also known for being haunted with sightings of ghost children playing in the hallways and no! an elevator that stops on the wrong floor. Also in New Orleans lies many sites associated with Anne Rice, the writer oh, of yeah, the Vampire, Vampire Chronicles, yeah. including the home that was the inspiration for the Mayfair Witches and Lafayette Cemetery. But also, home of the cemetery that has our girl... Marie Laveau. Hey! Right. This is like more stuff about New Orleans. Like I really like doing we this podcast. To, okay. is so like, I need we to need go to go to Queen California, Mary. Queen yeah. Mary. We need to do Queen Mary in Southern California. Then we need to go up north and hit the Winchester Mystery we, House yep. um, and do a candlelight tour. And then we need to go to New Orleans. Yep, and yeah. go do all that stuff. Yeah. Yes. Several of those, Several places, of those places. I have work trips, so we can like loop you in. And then there's all. <laughs> There's also the Stanley Hotel. This is in Colorado. Ooh. The Stanley Hotel was the inspiration for Stephen King's The Shining. Oh, Or good. as other people call it, The Shining. No, Shining. But for, you know, copyright reasons. <laughs> for copyright reasons. And The Simpsons. <laughs> Stephen King was inspired after staying in room 217, famous for many supernatural occurrences, such as the sounds of children giggling. Your favorite Stop! Thing. Your favorite. I hate the sound of children's laughter. A piano playing and items being moved from room to room. Then we've got the more obvious Sleepy Hollow in Sleepy Hollow, New York. Hey. Although we is, have a Sleepy Hollow near us. We do have a Sleepy Hollow near us. And I'm always, like, their sign is really cute. And yeah. I'm just like, I want to live in that neighborhood. The houses are ridiculous. There's also <laughs> that neighborhood that I always misread. The sign is Shark, but it's yeah. it's like S-H-R-A. Oh, no, no, no. That's Sleepy Hollow Wreck Association or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they have a shark on their sign. Yeah. And I always read it as shark. Yeah, I have some students who are part of that association. Nice. And so they have, like, little shark thing. Aww. And I'm like, oh, Sleepy Hollow Shark. Sharks. Oh, sharks. All right. So it is the real life setting for Washington Irving's The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. It's located along the Hudson River. And so you can go and roam the Sleepy Hollow Cemetery where Ichabod Crane and the Headless Ho- Horseman both roamed and where Washington Irving is actually buried. Cool. Um, my dad and I were talking about him the other day and my dad oh. was saying like he, write, he wrote a lot of really good like genuine American horror and like nice. all of that. And like really good ghost. He collected a lot of ghost American ghost stories. Yeah. Um, Point Mothman. Pleasant. Yeah. Our favorite Mothman. Yeah. Is famous for being from Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Also, spoop hour, like, day trip, right? Day trip, right? We could just go. Um, We need to go in September when they have their pancake party. Exactly. Yeah. So they have a Mothman Museum. You can go check that out because why is this literary? It's because he appears in both The Silver Bridge by Gray Barker and John Keel's The Mothman Prophecies. So some trivia for you. So then we have Dogtown in Gloucester, Massachusetts. It's an isolated colonial ruin that's near, where, like, between Gloucester and Rockport in Cape Ann, Massachusetts. Roughly 100 families established a common settlement in the area in 1642. The settlement was located inland and therefore sheltered and protected from, pi- from pirates in the British Navy. But after the War of 1812, coastal areas became safer and the Dogtown settlement declined and disappeared. Only a handful of vagabonds, eccentrics, and war widows remained. Vagabonds. The area quickly gained a reputation for witchcraft. The feral dogs women pre- kept for protection gave the area its name. So it literally oh, was a dog it's a town. a dog town. Yeah. What a good town. What a good town. <laughs> dog town with its tales of witches, supernatural sightings, drifters, pirates, and former slaves has long held a powerful influence over artists, writers, and historians. The area's particular landscape, eerily isolated and strewn with large boulders and rocks deposited from the Ice Age, seems to sharpen and magnify Dogtown's legends. There's a network of half-abandoned trails and numbered boulders marking the cellar holes of the former settlement. American artist Marsden Hartley described the landscape of Dogtown as a cross between Stonehenge and Easter Island. And poet Charles Olson based much of his epic Maximus poems on Dogtown. 
1984, a brutal murder took place in Dogtown. A oh, local good. homeless man crushed a school, skull of a school teacher Jesus. as she was walking her dog. Um, the murderer claimed he killed the woman because a spirit in the woods called out to him. Well, that's Yikes. bullshit. The spirit in the woods was just like, hey, what's up? And then finally we've got House of Death in hey! New York. So <laughs> um, The House of Death is located at 14th West 10th Street and has been so nicknamed because of its 22 resident ghosts. Most famously, the ghost of Mark Twain who resided there in 1900. Many visitors have reported various incidents here, including multiple sightings of Mark Twain's ghost, a lady in white, and other mysterious presences. Mark Twain's ghost gets around. He's all over the he place. Just, he just, homeboy has goals, and he just wanted to travel yeah. and see the world, and so he's doing it now that he's deadsies. Right. And you know. I guess one more bonus literary one is, I mentioned H.H. H. Holmes yeah. earlier. Um, the, the novel devil in the white city yeah the um, by what, eric larson is a really good example of um a literary or i guess a haunted location that yeah. existed in real life so it would count on that list but yeah. it also would count on the list of this the other yeah. the second list but that one i think we're gonna have a chance to talk about when we do our like haunted, haunted hotels, hotels yeah. episodes so um, h.a's holmes was a monster he was mm-hmm. but the book is really good it is Personally, I prefer Eric Larson's other book, In the Garden of Beasts, but that's just because I wanted there to be more murder in The Devil in the White City, and there isn't a ton of it, and I was like, well, I was misled about this book. It's all about the stupid Ferris wheel. (laughs) Devil in the White City was a summer reading option for the AP English students at my school a few years ago, and one of my students was reading it, and she was like, yeah, I'm just like speed reading all the architecture parts, because I really want to get back to the murder. That (laughs) was was literally my experience reading it, because I was like, I was told to read this based on my coworkers finding out that I love true crime and they were like you should read Devil in the White City about H.H. Holmes one of America's most prolific serial killers and I was like oh okay I love books about murderers except it's not a book about murder it's a book about fucking painting the world's fair white and there being a ferris wheel cool and then there's also a dude like murdering people but who cares about that let's talk more about the building of the fucking ferris wheel you have (sighs) a lot of feelings today I have a lot of I'm just I'm so emotional right now I'm just going through a lot. I would like to say, though, there is a Fratelli song called Dogtown, and I didn't realize it was a real place. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a line, I met God in Dogtown. Isn't it a funny thing to know you've died? So appropriately spoopy. God is an anagram for dog. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There is the grown-up Charlie Brown play. Mm-hmm. It's essentially fan fiction, but they like... Oh, right, right, right. It's yeah. kind of like the Riverdale Charlie Brown, but it's called Dog Sees God, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, so that's that, another hour. That was another hour of spoop. We'll link to some of these things on Twitter and on Instagram as we go through this week. But definitely, if you know of other haunted places we skipped, or you want to hear us talk about some things, or you've got questions, be sure to drop us a line either on Twitter, slide into our DMs, <laughs> or email us at spoophour at gmail.com. If you live in a haunted mansion, Tell us, and tell us your experience, and also move. But first, tell us your experience before you move. Or, I mean, if you're getting along with your ghosts, you don't oh, have yeah. to move. There right? is there is a really great moment in Angel where essentially this ghost is haunting the place because his mom killed him and bricked mm-hmm. him into the wall. Uh. And so he's haunting this place that a character moves into. 
And like once they figure out he was murdered, he was bricked into the wall, whatever, he starts being really, really nice. And so Mm -hmm. it's like it's the unspoken roommate. His name is Dennis. Yeah. Before my brother went back to college, we were talking about like murder houses that go on the market. Mm -hmm. My brother's like, hell yeah, I would buy one. (laughs) And I was like, but ghosts. And he goes, yeah, but like, what's the worst they can do? They're dead. (laughs) I was like, all right. So we can count my brother among the skeptics. Yeah. My significant other does not firmly does not believe in ghosts. So he, I think he would have no problem living in a ghost house. Yeah. Honestly, I would be squiggly about it because I'm a weenie, but he'd be like, ghosts aren't real. I'm living here. Do as Betty Cooper's mom does in Riverdale and just burn a lot of white sage. Yep. <laughs> just burn the white sage, burn it all to the ground. The fire is cleansing. Cleansing fire. Are you fascinated by mysterious legends, the paranormal, or UFOs? Do stories of murder, missing persons, and con men send you down internet rabbit holes? Did you grow up watching the TV show Unsolved Mysteries? Does Robert Stack's voice haunt your nightmares? Then our podcast is for you. I'm Liz. And I'm Samantha. Join us every Wednesday as we discuss the original Robert Stack episodes of Unsolved Mysteries. Follow along with us on Amazon Prime or just tune in for our weekly podcast. We are on iTunes, Google Play, and social media at Perhaps it's you. Spoop Hour is thrilled to be participating in Two Pods a Day, a campaign to call attention to indie podcasts that otherwise might not get the love. We'd love to shout out They See Me Rollin', Really Famous, and Famished and Feasting while we participate in this campaign for the months of January and February. If you haven't given them a listen, find them wherever you get your podcasts.